All right, let's welcome everybody out today to episode 52 of Utah in the Weeds. How you doing today, Tim? I'm doing good, Chris. Um, I'm excited for episode 52 in this conversation with these two uh, two guys with some military background, right? Yeah, Josh and uh, Derek from Utah Hemp Growers in Uinta Cannabis. They got a fantastic story of kind of how, you know, they started growing hemp and how it kind of evolved into this uh, business selling, you know, other Utah hemp farmers hemp, basically, to right. people here in Utah. Created a, a marketplace because there really wasn't one. Uh, for the for their products and a good discussion about the intricacies again of this getting into the hemp growing space and what you have to do to sell like smokable flour in Utah and some of those technicalities I thought the the biggest takeaway for me Chris with this interview was that sometimes more regulation is better yeah exactly right because there's clear there's there's a clear pathway to your business model and to getting people the products that they need. Yeah, no, I think our listeners are going to love this conversation. Uh, I was actually really excited after we finished recording. I'm like, I can't wait to get this up for everybody to listen to. So make sure you stick around for the whole conversation. We're going to get into that here in just a minute. Uh, UtahMarijuana.org slash podcast is where you can listen to all the podcast episodes. Make sure you're sharing them with your family and friends because that's how we get the word out about the podcast. Uh, is there anything going on, anything new with you, Tim, going on that you need to share with our listeners? You know, I mean, here we come up. This will be the first episode in April and, you know, 420 is going to come up. We have Earth Day. We'll be uh, announcing some service that we want to do through utahmarijuana.org in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for the next episodes on that. Yeah, I mean, this is just an exciting month. It's the celebratory month. Yeah, 420, the, baby. Right. <laughs> we finally got a 420 that we can celebrate and hopefully, uh, I, I, you know, I want to have some good episodes this month. Well, we got good episodes every week. So uh, make sure to yeah, subscribe in whatever podcast app you listen to. We got a brand new episode every week, 420 a.m. on Friday. Uh, let's get into that episode with jo- Josh and Derek from Uenta Cannabis in uh, Utah Hemp Growers. All right. Enjoy, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I mean, here we are with Josh and, and Derek. I'm I mean, how'd you guys meet? We, uh, well, I had had the idea for getting a grow started for quite some time. And I had gone through quite a few people with the idea saying, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about starting up a a cannabis grow. And most people were kind of under that assumption of just like, Oh yeah, you want to grow free weed. Like, you know, right. Of course. And so, and it's popular. Like, when are you having these conversations? I mean, I had approached some some family and friends with like a legitimate business plan saying, hey, I want to get this going. And there was the initial excitement and then it would fizzle out into nothing. Right. And so. Like, wow, this is so great. We want to go, we'll go cannabis. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but this is a serious business. You know, we're going to be farmers. It's It's work every day. And so approaching people, it would just, like I said, just fizzle out and, uh. I actually uh, approached Derek about it just in passing conversation at, at our little uh, disc golf group, and he actually showed interest. And so we got to talking about it, and then we thought up a business plan and started drafting up ideas and started raising capital and just went from there. Wow. How did the two of you even meet? Through 
common friends through common friends yeah, okay yeah, through okay. A, kind of a disc golf uh crew disc golf had. and that's one of those things yeah, i need to random. learn how to <laughs> oh it's fantastic I, I hear from everybody about it's how much fun, fun that game is and i've never played it is a fun game and it there is nowhere you have to pay for it no right? it's free it's free everywhere yeah. you play yeah it, there's a there's a cool course in west bountiful mm-hmm. that i've played at there used to be a course up at the university of utah but i think they've taken most of it down yeah that was a free course yeah i think they took a good portion of it down. Uh, I play more mainly at Creekside. So it's oh, free. Okay. It's, it's beautiful. It's like one of the first 50 courses in the entire country. It's great. I think and the you only, just show up and throw discs. Yeah. I mean, that's my to, experience. Yeah, right? You can show up and start on hole four, you know, and play through hole nine yeah. and walk out. So yeah, it's, it's okay. Well, I still suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. So what came first? You went to cannabis or Utah hemp growers? I would imagine you went to cannabis. You came went first, to cannabis. Right? Came cannabis. First. Yeah, uh, that was thought up beginning of 2019, and we got serious about it uh, early fall. Okay, raised the capital that we needed from some friends and family, and our life savings, both of just all the money that we had, and so we filed for the permits. And was it, was it tough to file for all that? I mean, were there obstacles? I mean, this is Utah we're talking about here. The biggest obstacle by far was that the law required us to have a location locked in before we could file for our girl license, which kind of sucked. So you had to have a lease sign. You had to sign a lease Mm -hmm. almost, get into debt and not even be before we could get a girl license. Yeah. How does the landlord look at that? He's like, you've signed a lease. You're hooked. (laughs) Yeah. Whether you get a permit or not. Yeah, you're gonna exactly. Grow, we right? went You're going to grow potatoes. You're going to grow cannabis. <laughs> yeah. We went through other. about 15 different locations. Whoa. Um, people mm-hmm. not calling us back. Flat out saying no. Stringing us along. The second that you mentioned cannabis, they're just like, nope, we want nothing to do no, with that. No, thank you. What f- year is this that you're- 2019. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so recent. Yeah. Yes. But this is during the time when, and we've talked to quite a few uh, guests about this, the time when CBD oil and biomass is still- is still profitable. Yeah, one acre yeah. was like $150,000. Yeah, ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. You're well, right at the end. Rush. I mean, you're getting into the business right before it just Well, I saw I saw the writing you. on the wall that everyone's going to jump in. People are going to jump in that have never touched cannabis and the or market's going to never been farmers or never been farmers and it's going to inflate it and crash it. And look what happened. Wow. Yeah. So What are you thinking about all this, Derek, when all this is like going on? Like what's going through your mind? <clears throat> not, not the crash, the, the, the <laughs> ramp up into it. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh, the ramp up into the business. Yeah. Oh, I was all for it. Uh, I was coming from a little bit different perspective of Josh. Josh has the, the plant biology background, uh, under his belt where I had more of the, the medical side. I came through, uh, my process of, uh, being a personal trainer and a CrossFit coach, and then going to physical therapy assistant school, getting a degree, exercise science, business management. Like, so that's where I came from is seeing people who are utilizing either THC or CBD as a health, uh, health and wellness mechanism. And then I got to see the dichotomy of people using opiates, you know, and I don't think I have to go into the opiate crisis that Utah is going through. So I saw what those were doing for people. And then right around that same time, Josh comes with this idea and it was just kind of a, an easy, easy transition for me. So you 15 locations and you get one. We finally got one. 
we told, I mean, we have to be completely transparent from the get go. You can't like, you can't <laughs> right, say yeah. we plan on growing plants and then let them find out it's cannabis later. So right. we finally found a landlord that was willing to work with us, locked in the lease, applied for the licenses, got the licenses, and then started the process of getting our business license. And our first crop went in end of 2019. And we were like, let's do this. It's great. The only thing that can shut us down is if the world were to stop. And that'll never happen, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that'll never Some happen in 2020 happen. that shut yeah, the so world down. 2020 the, hits. and Yeah, this is 2019. Now, yeah. did you end up getting a place here in Salt Lake? Or, I mean, obviously, I don't need to know the exact location, but what area are you in, kind of? Because we've chatted with people in Logan, Sandy. I was just kind of curious where, what about you're at yeah we're in south salt lake a little okay about okay. seven or 1800 square foot okay warehouse okay indoor indoor grow uh, yeah. everything's yeah. indoor everything's yeah. indoor why do you why do you want to do indoor was that a choice yeah i prefer indoor hydroponic or aeroponic just because of the level of control that you have over the plants mm-hmm. it's a lot harder to do and mm-hmm. you have a much much smaller window than using soil but you have a much higher level of control in like your your nutrient uptake and and your water uptake and your lights and everything. Right, you can control the spectrum of light, yep. the timing of the light. Yeah, you know, we've been to some of the medical grows and the yeah, I mean they control everything. Yeah, I basically used everything that I had learned growing THC and just translated it directly over to hemp. Where'd you learn that? I spent a year up in Oregon supervising my own grow and making every mistake you can make like (laughs) powdery mildew mites, uh, fungus gnats, everything like too much humidity, but I needed that in order to learn what to do and what not to do. We were just talking about Oregon before you guys got here, the prices of, of, uh, some, some marijuana up there. Yeah, an the price is like, a product. What, 60 the, bucks yeah, for an ounce? Yeah, grand opening prices, mm-hmm. 60 bucks for an ounce, 60 wow. bucks for a top shelf half ounce. I mean, Wouldn't you like those prices like, to be here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Great. Yeah. I mean, alternatively, though, you don't, right? Because you're in business and, you know. Yeah. Like Bob Water said, revenue is fuel. <laughs> True. True. There is a way, though, to be profitable at those prices. Yeah. Still. And I mean, the, I don't know, the total acreage that they said that's needed to supply the entire United States with THC flour is like less than a hundred acres or something. Yeah. Just because, because the plants grow so well, they Mm -hmm. don't require as much water because you have an indoor grow. All of your products then, or all of your grow is really based on not biomass per se. It's on flour. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and what you can extract from the flour. Well, we're not doing any kind of extract. We actually, we hit up, um, Mountain Valley Botanicals. Uh-huh. <laughs> I call him up and I, I said, you know, I need to get some some flour extracted. And he was like, okay, how many pounds are you working with? And I was like, 10. And yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, our minimum size is like 1,000 pounds. I'm like, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. So we're Never mind. <laughs> yeah. So so really you focused in, I'm looking at your website, and you focused then a lot on raw flour. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you weren't able to sell raw flour up until now? How how does that work in Utah? So, well, so we started, you went to cannabis to sell flour and flour products to customers. And then UDAF acts that with the registration law, basically saying products need to be registered in the state of Utah, but we will not register any flour or food additive products, which killed our business plan. And so 
we went to the drawing board thinking, what are we going to do? Is this the end? We've been in business for less than a year. And you've sunk all your money and, and everybody you're close to's money. Yeah. Yeah. Into this thing. Yeah. We had tried approaching the pharmacies, but before the law changes, there was already enough red tape that it was a little bit cost prohibitive. And now since the law changes, it's just like almost impossible to get it into the pharmacies. And so we thought, what do we do? And we came up with the idea of starting up a marketplace, a true marketplace for farms in Utah to get their flour and flour products out to the rest of the nation. Well, we couldn't start a company in Utah, so we started a company in Nevada, completely 100% separate from Uinta Cannabis to act as a true marketplace. And from the beginning, you know, we're the only farm that's listed on it. And we were thinking maybe summer of 2021, one, maybe two farms will approach us and say, hey, you know, we're interested in getting on your marketplace and what can we do? Within the first week of going live mid-December, we had three farms reach out to us wow. saying, hey, we need to meet. Three farms from where? From Utah? From, from Utah. Yeah, we only yeah. carry products oh, wow. from Utah farms. Yeah, but specializing so is grown in Utah. And you realize- This is for quickly. Utah hemp growers. Yeah. Correct. .com, right? Yep. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is, so this is how Utah hemp growers got started. Yep. That's a Nevada company yes. that is a marketplace for basically Utah hemp products yep. to be sold around the nation- but almost like a co-op? Not really. I mean, there there's set or do they just come? They just come and say, "Hey, look, we want to sell our products. We want you to help us, yeah, network and yep. and get these accounts set up and like find places where we can sell our stuff." And well, we just open it up to to the nationwide marketplace, and everybody can buy. Even you, everybody, even exactly. you, yeah, yeah. 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 because you're out yeah. in Nevada, so you and can buy it. Back yeah, that was kind of our main focus is to be able to get flour here. Well, and one of the biggest risks in the hemp market is because so much of it is online, you're having to take a risk as a customer of buying from a company that is brand new that you've never heard of and that you've never met. And so from a farmer's perspective, what's better than being able to sell what you've grown to your community and show. Well, of course, I mean, that's the whole point. We talked last week about this to Margie up in, up in Cache County. The hemp folk. Yeah, yeah the hemp folk mm-hmm. where this people want to buy tomatoes from the local farmer. Yeah, And they're exactly. going to want to buy eventually, right? Some we, local CBG. Some local CBG, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Some local hemp flour. Yeah, support local. Yeah, Keeps right. Keeps the money yeah. in the state too. That's right. But so. you've had to go out of state to get it back in. Yes. A story we've heard three, <laughs> three, four times now. I mean, was that, was that tough to set up? I mean, were there hoops that you had to jump through for that? It's been a minefield of regulation. Just tiptoeing and finding out, even though it's in Nevada, it even right. though Nevada's, I mean, Nevada's full legal for everything, mm-hmm. yeah, really. So there probably wasn't a lot of laws for Nevada that you had to jump through. Yeah, but well, the big sacrifice is we package and fulfill all of our our shipments in Nevada, and so there have been weeks where we will get one order, mm. and it's a twenty dollar order, and we wait a day, maybe two days, to see if more will come in. And then we just have to bite the bullet, drive out to Nevada, fulfill the order, and get it shipped. And oh, so you have back. to do everything in Nevada. You can't do it here in Utah no, no because it has to be postmarked. Yep, that's the key, right? You could, you you can't hide. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the postmark. If some, if that person was at UDAF and he made the order and it was postmarked here, you're you're done. 
Yeah. Okay, now, so there's wow, people doing so it like that here, but we're just not about we don't <laughs> no. delve into that. People don't realize the obstacles that these guys are jumping through and the, you no. know, how much extra work they're doing for really little pay, if you ask my opinion. I totally agree. And I think also that every time we talk to another hemp grower, we talk to another person in the, in the, in the cannabis marketplace that is not specifically not in the medical side, hmm. the hoops that you have to jump through, you have to find the hoop. You have to find a way to jump through the hoop. No one is there to help you. The regulations are not clear. Mm -hmm. Every state is different. Whereas with the medical program, it does seem like those rules are set. It costs a lot of money to get in. You're going to have a big infrastructure to do those things that you have to comply, right? To follow those compliance rules. And even though it seems it's, it's hard to get into the medical side, it does seem more straightforward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. The rules for the Utah hemp industry are unclear. They're are they undefined. that way, do you think, nationwide or is Utah unique there? Because I've also heard that Utah's hemp laws are some of the best or most progressive or the marketplace is, is growing better. Is that just marketing? I would say it's just marketing. I mean – most of the country is going off of USDA laws and with this recent change allowing flour on the shelves, it may look like a step forward, but the current writing with 0.3% total THC post harvest means that your Delta nine levels need to be 0.03 because you have to account for the other cannabinoids to stay under that 0.3. Okay, so let's talk about the new law changes a little bit and let's let's dig into this. Okay, we all we're we're pretty clear on 0.3% or less of THC in any flower. So the law change, explain what the law changed in Utah with flower with hemp flower or CBD flower. So it allowed for hemp flower and hemp flower products to be sold in brick and mortar in person. But it changed the wording to 0.3% total THC with a post-harvest COA that has to be full panel as well. And then you have uh -huh. your, So it includes Delta 10, Delta 9, Delta 8. Everything. All of all the, the deltas. Yeah, of and that total number needs to be 0.3 yeah. or lower. Okay. And this is after harvest when the plant is more likely to spike in its cannabinoid levels. Wow. So- USDA rules are 0.3 delta 9 pre-harvest right. before the plant has a chance to spike and you're only measuring one cannabinoid. Utah is all the cannabinoids post-harvest and that number needs to be below 0.3. All the tetrahydrocannabinol post-harvest, not the CBD, CBG, CBN, all the tetrahydrocannabinol, yes. which, is, which is a lot of deltas. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, this is specific because in other states – They've had Delta 8. This came up, I think. Tell me if I'm wrong. Delta 8 has been manipulated in other markets to, to like sell something that'll kind of get you high. Yeah. And right. For, for Utah hemp growers, we believe that that's an imperfect practice. So we have it stated on our website we will not carry any of that sprayed flour because that Delta 8 extract, it can be extracted or it can be synthesized. 
You have no idea where it's coming from. And you don't know, unless you have a reliable full panel COA, you don't know the amount of solvents that are still in that. And so what we're seeing is there's a lot of people that are, I mean, just straight with a paint sprayer, they just spray down the buds with this Delta 8 solution and then try and move it out the door to give you kind of an extra no kid. kick. Wow. It's kind of weird. It seems like the new spice hype. It's, it's, um, <laughs> so I had a patient, um, recently that talked about the difference between Delta eight and Delta nine from an experience standpoint, because there's not a lot of research in the uptake of Delta eight in the body. It does seem to be a peripheral uptake more, not a brain uptake as much. And he described, um, he smoked a half a gram of Delta eight concentrate and he just described it as this almost tingly num- numbing type feeling throughout his limbs, oh, right? Wow. A much more peripheral experience where he didn't have that psychoactivity, mm-hmm. but it was, um, hmm. but it still, it still had a significant effect, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that Delta eight seemed to be like the reason they changed the rules and the language in the law for the hemp side. Yeah. It's a big factor mm-hmm. in what But it makes it, it really hard for you guys to take total THC yep. and keep it under, under 0.3. Yeah, yeah, nearly impossible. Really? Yeah. What happens if your flower's 0.35 or, or beyond the th- – there's some sort of um, buffer. Yeah, there's the yeah. 15% buffer. So you can go to 0.35 and still be, be still able be technically to, legal. to mm-hmm. put it on the, the market. But what um, happens if it's 0.4? Point four, you're allowed to remediate it into oil or destroy it without penalty. And if you go above 1%, then they just notify law enforcement. And then law enforcement comes in and arrests you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then the even black suburbans you, show up. Oh even though God. you didn't try to, I mean, you grew hemp, mm-hmm. but then it, I yeah. mean, what are the, what are the chances of it being? Yeah. How often do you get a hot, what do you call it? A hot, a hot crop. A hot crop. Going yeah. over point or going over 1% is pretty hard. Okay. 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 I, that's what I was like. Oh, how hard is that? That might yeah. be kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I can see why they, they wrote that, but it is pretty intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No kidding. No <laughs> yeah. kidding. I mean, is there a way for you guys to test it before they come and test it? So we have a pre-harvest test that we pass. Okay. So that's come and done performed by the state. And then we have a certain window and then we have to do a post-harvest test. Well, I'm just wondering, like, so you guys can keep an eye on and make sure you're not getting too hot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and growing the same strain over and over again, you we, kind of we, figure we that know out. where yeah. it's going to be and when it's going to, if, and when it won't be compliant. And so there was one strain that we grew first that wasn't compliant and we got rid of it because it, it just, it didn't, it wasn't even compliant when they came in pre-harvest. Oh, right. So mm-hmm. you're like, this is not going to work it's out. Just it's just yeah. too hard. We, there's yeah. plenty of other strains. How many strains do you get to choose from before you grow? Are there are there plenty of options? Oh, there's tons, tons. of options. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's going to be quality in the end, but there's tons of options out there. Yeah. And do you buy seeds or clones? Uh, well, we start with seed. And then if it turns out to be a phenotype that we like, then we'll go off of clone off of just that one phenotype just for control. Yeah. Like we've had three strains that we just pushed out that we didn't like how any of them turned out as far as weight. I mean, we haven't had a chance to uh, partake upon them yet, but just the way that they're growing and stuff, they're just 
not really probably what we're going to continue with. So we're not stuck on any strains, um, but we do have like our flagship, our blue mint. Um, It's a cross strain of Charlotte's web and a Harlesu. That's just phenomenal. And you can't get anywhere else. Do you, um, is the cannabinoid content like, do you look for mixes of certain types of cannabinoids like the blue mint? What's describe that? Like what's the cannabinoid content in something like that? Our CBD in that runs anywhere between like 13 and 15%, but we're not chasing any specific cannabinoid and we're not chasing a terpene profile. We just try the flower. We give it out for samples for professional reviews and get feedback and there are some strains out there that we've sampled that are 25, 28% CBD that just don't cut it. So we're not chasing any kind of specific profile. You're chasing the experience. Yeah. Does Correct. it have a good experience? Does it have good effects? Yeah. Good smell, good look. Yeah. Mm. And you, and you hit, you're hitting on a point here where the, you know, the entourage effect of a, mm-hmm. of an interesting profile based on the person that it consumes it, the way it's consumed. And that sort of thing can change even regardless of the the content. I think there are there is too much put on, for example, the percentage of THC in a in a flower, right? Yeah. I mean, and we talk about this all the time. <laughs> Every episode, it seems like, right? Yeah. How the THC <laughs> content, the percentage doesn't matter. Yep. Right. There's been good studies that compare 15% THC to 25%. And that the the reporting is that you just get just as high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Or, or the experience is just as psychoactive. So I like that approach. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's the education needs to, to be, to just catch up and and be spread more and more. And I think that it'll catch on over the next few years, hopefully that people stop chasing individual cannabinoids just because it's 33% THC doesn't mean that it's the flower that's right for you. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So now how with the law change though, and you've got good product and it meets all the requirements. Now, can I go to your shop and buy it? Well, website, because we don't have any physical locations. Okay. (laughs) Well, can we go on your website and get it shipped directly from Utah to Utah? So you don't have to go to Nevada Mm -hmm. and ship it to me now. Well, no, now we still have to drive to Nevada and fulfill it, but we can have it shipped right to your door. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, now did the law? But how did the law change to allow smokable flour to be sold in Utah? If it's being sold in Utah, if the transaction is taking place in Utah, then that product must be 0.3 percent uh, total THC or less, have a full panel lab post harvest, and be registered with the state, which I think oh. is like three hundred and fifty dollars per product. Mm. And that's every time you harvest. Probably. Yes. You must also, if you are going to fulfill that yourself, you have to have your cultivation license and a processing license now. For hemp. For hemp. For hemp. But you can still drive to Nevada and ship it back into Utah without without following that part. Well, because we're a Nevada company operating uh-huh. under Nevada laws. Oh, my Under Lordy. USDA So even law. with this new law, it's, it doesn't even matter. So no. do you feel like the law is a benefit or is it a step in the right direction or does it just create a different set of issues? It's a different set of issues because it's going to open up the floodgates for low-grade flour on Utah shelves. Because people are going to stay under that percentage. Yeah. People are going to get their first hemp experience buying, uh, let's say, a pre-roll in a store, and it's going to be a less than ideal experience. 
because the company that makes that pre-roll or sells that flour is probably going to be a company that just grows in bulk mm-hmm. and is there to make the profits and they just want to sell a product on the shelf. But well, they have enough money to to jump through those new hoops. And staying compliant with that 0.3 total THC, that flower is going to have very, very low levels of all cannabinoids. Again, we have got to get to a point where we can have a range of zero THC all the way up to 30, whatever percent there is now, and find ways to allow people to make these choices with their, in my opinion, medical provider yeah. who can help make those these choices on, hey, you know what? You don't want to get you don't want to get stoned out of your mind, but you need something that's like one or two percent THC, right? Because there is none of that on the market. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. That doesn't exist. It's either high CBD yeah, or it's, high it's THC. 12, yeah. 12 plus twelve is way low mm-hmm. THC, or it's 03 percent and less. Mm. Yeah, we're getting really good feedback though on people that are mixing on a one to one ratio. <laughs> okay, so talk about that with you know with regard to your products. Like, what's the yeah, what's the process of using these products and how, yeah, how best do we use them? Teach me. <laughs> Teach me how mm. to incorporate hemp flour, non, non-psychoactive essentially t- mm. fl- of cannabis flour into my regimen. Well, I should say it is psychoactive. It's non-intoxicating. Got it. So okay. You're, yeah. you're of the school that, okay, like when I say, well, CBD is not psychoactive and you're like, well, actually, if you go to the definition of psychoactivity, yeah. then yes, it is because yeah. it's calming. People will feel time, an right? effect. You feel an effect. But you will yes. not be intoxicated to where okay. you're, yeah. you know, couch lock. Totally or fair. Yeah, it takes drive. off like that top Cannabis, heaviness. marijuana, marijuana, yeah. cannabis. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can use it during the day for, for some strains. Well, for a lot of hemp strains. To help with uh, anxiety, inflammation, energy, uh, mixing it. People like to say that uh, CBD nullifies THC. It does not nullify it. It works alongside it to help balance it out to where you're not getting that spiral effect from from ingesting too much THC. And now you need to lay down because the world is spinning around you. It helps to balance that out to where you can have a nice psychoactive effect from the THC without going down that spiral. You're building your own 3% product or 5% product mm-hmm. essentially. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. From a physical standpoint, when you're talking about like training and you had talked about your coaching Derek mm-hmm. before, I mean, do you see that more and more people in the, like in your, your old world, the CrossFit world, the, mm-hmm. the f- people who are really into their health, are, are moving this direction. Yeah, absolutely. People are sick of all the fillers in all the medicine. Uh, they're sick of, um, balms not really working. Whereas, you know, we have a salve that's actually like healing people. They're not having to kind of rely on it for a daily thing. They're using it for like a week and their injury is fixed. Um, yeah, we're careful not to make any medical claims. Mm -hmm. And so all of this feedback is just it's coming unsolicited from from customers that just send back fee- feedback saying, this helped me. We've had feedback from people with epilepsy saying, this is changing my quality of life. This flower is changing my quality of life. And, you know, we're not putting out, oh, this this will fix your epilepsy. We're not saying that. We just say, here's a product that has passed our standards for quality. 
and we're putting it out there because of its medicinal benefits. Mm-hmm. Use it as you see fit. And then we get the feedback of people saying, this is changing my life for the better. Well, that's cool. Do you want to get into the medical side? Eventually, yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> right? When a license mm-hmm. opens up, I guess. Huh? And and we have the, the working capital. Yeah. 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 But at least you'll have the experience now, right? And you'll kind of already have your foot in the door. Correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And how many square feet your your grow? We have a total of about 1,750 square feet, and we're using a third of it. Oh, but we're really? working on filling up the rest of it. So we're yeah. really small. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as that goes, though, I mean, it gives you a really good opportunity to, to learn, grow, get established. And then, I mean, heck, there will be more. Oh, there'll I mean, be there'll more. be more there'll medical be more. Oh, here yeah. eventually. Mm-hmm. They'll need more. They'll need more different types of people. And Utah's interesting. You know, when you, when you look at like beer sales or beer, like the, the breweries, mm-hmm. you know, for a long time, it didn't seem like Utah was a good place to buy beer. But it's one of the best. But now. it's one of the best now. In my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we win all kinds of awards and even the low alcohol content of the, of the, the beer almost made people work harder yeah. to make better beer. Yeah, better and tasting. that craft product could translate into cannabis. Exactly. In Utah, we seem to be that craft type of cannabis group, here, right? Right, and have mm-hmm. some craft cannabis groups. Yeah, yeah we with small it. grows, and there's you know. always going to be a market for that small craft cannabis grow. Yeah. So a, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking to uh, Margie from the Hemp Folk, and she was talking about some um, interesting stories of mailing hemp. Have you guys run into any like? interesting uh, situations as far as hemp not getting to people or anything like that. Yeah. She was mm-hmm. telling us like, Oh my gosh. Like, she, was, she lost like $25,000 from oh, wow. one. Yeah. yeah well, the, the post that. office just kept opening and up her packages. I, I wonder if she was yeah. like writing like her business name on there. The smell. So, I guess it was well, smell. We haven't had any issues with smell. The bags that we use are, are reliable and we're actually phasing them out to get the childproof bags. It'll be more expensive, but we're staying compliant with how Utah has written the laws. So we changed up our labeling to be compliant. And now we're changing up the the packages, even though I would say maybe 5% of our orders actually go to Utah. The rest of them go to the rest of the rest of the States. Um, oh, but we've had, yeah, we've had no issues with the packaging. I actually, <laughs> the, when I sent out my first package, I had written Utah hemp growers on, on the, the uh, return address. And you're like, that's a bad. Well, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the the lady at the post office was like, you should probably not do that. <laughs> yeah. Like just giving you some advice. And so it really is just avoiding those things that say like CBD, hemp, cannabis, you know, anything on the packaging that advertises it, because then all it takes is one curious set of eyes to pry open your package. And now it's delayed. It never arrives. You lose your money. Just put, yeah, you can put like, uh, try to think of something. Yeah. Well, BYU I mean, it's the same thing with us, right? And at Utah Therapeutic Health Center, our logo is the state with a, with a cannabis leaf in it. And we have a, we have a logo without the leaf, you know, because mm-hmm. there's, there are documents that we need to send that don't, they don't need that type of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Right. And it is a part of this business. It's that, sad though, that it has to be that way. Yeah. I, I think that it's changing a little, but certainly you don't want to go to the bank with that logo, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a name that the bank, the bank knows what you do, but the bank needs to check their boxes and dot their I's and cross their T's. And they, 
you know, they need their applications to, to flow through. But do you remember, I remember like back in the nineties, it seemed like it was the nineties that like friends would wear like pot shirts and you'd be like, Oh my gosh, you're, you're just asking to like yeah, get targeted sure. there. And now, now <laughs> yeah. people wear it and it's like, it's okay. You know, it is true. Now this so morning just goes we had this show. conversation at my house yeah. because we have some t-shirts that, that have pot leaves, healthcare on. to buzz about. Right. Yeah. And they have the THC molecule on them and a couple of bees <laughs> and they're super cool t-shirts. I really like them. And then on the back, you know, it's, it's classy on the front and then on the back, it says utahmarijuana.org. And my son, who's in sixth grade, you know, he comes to me and he's like, hey, it's St. Patrick's Day. I don't have anything green. What do you think, Dad? And he laughs. He just chuckles. He's like, yeah, they'd kick me out. (laughs) No, but I mean, there was a time when you couldn't wear it. You'd be targeted. Well, the Utah in the Weeds sweatshirts, right? We wear those around all the time. Yeah, and you couldn't wear like 20, 30 years ago. You couldn't do that. Oh, yeah. There's no way. But uh, so things are changing. The one kid with the weed hoodie in high school and everyone looks at him like, we know. Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah they're like, oh, we know. Yep. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, yeah, you're just a supporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Sure. You're an advocate. <laughs> that was actually my first experience with cannabis is back in high school. I actually tried growing it. You did? <laughs> yeah. Did it fail yeah. or did you success? Oh, I thought I was like on top of the world and I was acting so stealthy and I had three little plants and solo cups <laughs> under uh, my computer desk. And of course I got caught like almost immediately by your parents, by my parents. Okay. Okay. Called down to the principal's office and the school officers is sitting there with the vice principal. And this actually started like my path into cannabis because she asked me, she was like, you know, why, why were you growing? And I told her, you know, my, my friends smoke. And so I figured I would just grow it and they're spending all this money on it. That way they don't have to spend money on it and I'll be the favorite friend of the group. And she, she looked at me and she was like, do you want to kill your friends? Oh my gosh. And I was shocked because I didn't know anything about it. So I just looked yeah. at her and I was like, of course not. Like, what did I do? And so I caught a suspension for that. And when I got back, I went to the school library and checked out every single book on cannabis that I could find. Oh, wow. And just started reading. Were there a lot? Yeah. Oh, wow. And people were like, oh, well, like my classmates were like, can you be reading that? And I'm like, I assume I checked it out, <laughs> I checked library. It out from the library. Yeah. And I just started reading on the history and everything and was like, she lied to me. <laughs> then you go into the military. Both of you have military backgrounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're Air Force, Josh? Yes. Derek? Navy. I was uh, seven, almost seven years uh, intelligence. Well, wow. I was a communicator. Uh, so I did satellite communications, radio, comms, point-to-point, network security, things of that nature. It's pretty cool. Have you guys seen the new um, Army ad, the commercial, where it looks like a game? You know, and they've got the they've got the uh, communicator, they've got the warrior, oh, right? I've the, seen that, yeah. The fighter, yeah. And they've got the replenisher, and the chef slices something like the Kung Fu Panda game. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, um, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool, but they've definitely changed their approach of recruiting to a younger generation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the military has changed. Sweeping water in a rainstorm. Oh, that's the worst. Oh, yeah. Sweeping water on a ship out in the middle of the ocean. Did, did you have really? to do that? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I did two deployments on a ship and then one actually where I was boots on ground in Baghdad. And so I got to see the silliness of a shipboard deployment and then what it's like being uh, attached to uh, detainee operations at a joint task force. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. And the and in the military, did you have any exposure to cannabis in the military? Nope. Just keeping up with the news and everything. 
like seeing uh, the news in 2012 with Colorado legalizing and being like, oh, great, I can do nothing about it. I can watch <laughs> right? it from the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the, was the military kind of frowns on cannabis, right? Yeah, I was actually in, I was stationed in Colorado Springs when, right around the time when that all went legalized. So, But you can't partake in Colorado no, Springs no, even though it's legal no, sir. because you're federal. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Actively engaged in like receiving funds from the federal government other than being a veteran. If you're a veteran, you can't lose your benefits for using uh, state regulated medical cannabis. But if you're active duty, work for the FBI, work for anybody, you can't touch it. In fact, no, I mean, we have friends yeah. in the State Department that, that they don't even follow us on Facebook or no kidding. and they're close friends. They just can't have that sort of stuff coming yeah. up on their feed and I mean, I, she doesn't even email me. Even hemp yeah. and CBD, you can't even, could you use hemp or CBD products nope. like in no. the military? N- today, could Anything they? cannabis. No. Really? Yeah. Like even just go to the gas station, get some CBD tincture. They can't Absolutely even use that. Absolutely not. No. Now, I've had guys that were that work up on base and are even scared of, of a zero THC CBD yeah. product just yeah. because they're, they just don't want to take any chances. Yeah, yeah. there's zero tolerance. Now, so even last night though, I'm, I was reading some studies on PTSD and- cannabis treatment and the, you know, the Canadian government almost takes the opposite approach. <laughs> so the do. only people, <laughs> the so only lucky. people in yeah. Canada that get free federally covered cannabis as medicine that's covered under their, uh, their national health care are military veterans. Yeah. Move up there. And if you're a veteran of the Canadian military, you're covered. You, you can what? go into the dispensary and they will buy your cannabis for you. Yeah. Wow. And they can grow beards, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they can grow <laughs> That's beards. great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just such a different approach. Yeah. And we're right across the border. Right? Yeah. And active duty, as long as it's not directly interfering with your work, you can consume all the alcohol you want. Oh, wow. really? They'll change here in, oh, yeah. in the U.S. I think I think maybe the U.S. will eventually get a little more on board with their military. Yeah, I would think so. Ten um, years, twenty years, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. However long, however long it takes. I mean, there's the alternatives. This is the this is the thing that I was researching is really the alternatives between cannabis and other medications, and that's really where it comes down to is the companies that make benzos and opioids. They don't want us to stop prescribing those. And so they don't want to do any research on comparative, you know, does does CBD or does hemp flower, smoking hemp flower help you reduce other prescription use? Mm-hmm. That's what we need to start. That's the research that's not been done yet. I think mm-hmm. they've done it in Colorado, several studies that has shown uh, a year by year decrease in mm-hmm. prescription opioid use yep. since legalization. Mm-hmm. There is. There is definitely an association with or a correlation with decreased prescribing of opioids and benzos too. So you have the balm. So you have some type of products. Some products are are processed, not a lot of products. We took just a shot with our balm, just like let's make a tiny little batch and see what happens. And so the feedback has been great. So the next step is we got our processing license. We start adding more lights and we just keep going. Okay. So mm-hmm. you got to grow more. You got to process. Yep. So you got to move to the next step. Yep. Yeah. Proof of concept is kind of what we were going for instead of just rushing into it and having all kinds of product or debt that we can't uh, fulfill. So, you know, we have our proof of concept down. We have our kind of our flagship strain. So 
we're kind of ready to rock and roll. Is it just the two of you? Do you have like employees, like people, other people trimming or anything or just the two of you? Just the two of us running both companies. Okay. That's cool. And is the marketplace growing? Yes. The, The marketplace for high quality hemp flour. Now there's, there's a lot of average and low quality flour out there since everyone jumped on it, grew 10, 20, 50, a hundred acres. And now they're sitting on it and they don't know what to do with it. And so finding that the, the high quality flower is a challenge, but I mean, we're taking it on. How do you guys market? That's tricky. <laughs> <laughs> like this word of mouth, yeah. Yeah. you know, we have, just getting our name out there. We have no SEO, so we can't do any kind of online advertising. We have to be careful with any kind of ads that we do put out. Uh, we were lucky enough to get a full page ad in the Salt Lake City magazine. Their that's first right. one. Yeah. Page six you guys, or so. That's right. Yeah. You guys are right by us. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a promo code in there if people want to get their hands on it and, and check that out. We want people to, to go out and get it. Okay. And, yeah. And mm-hmm. check it out. So use that so, promo code. Yeah. 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 Salt Lake City. 15% off little nugget in there for anyone who wants to go and look. Yeah. And you can pick up those uh, magazines at any of the pharmacies. You can pick them up at any of my locations, my clinic locations, Utah Therapeutic Health Center. Yeah. They're free. It's a free magazine, Salt Lake City. Uh, our ad, Utah in the Weeds, is in there. Yeah. You guys have stuff in there. They they focused on a lot of really cool, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful layout, and oh, it yeah. describes mm-hmm. a lot of the process of the over the course of the year and the people who are really involved in that. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to more. Yeah, the guy who published it is an incredible guy. Cool, who, yeah. yeah, he yeah. really yeah. wants to progress the community, and we're happy mm-hmm. to you know be at his side. So well, cool. it's really great. sure. Yeah, what would you tell somebody? Like, let's say I've asked this of a few people that come on the podcast. Somebody's questioning whether they should try some sort of cannabis for something they're dealing with and they're a little skeptical of trying it. Is there any advice or, or suggestions or anything you would tell them if they're listening right now? I mean, if it's if it's THC. They're, they're, they're maybe like, a little worried. I don't know. Yeah, let's say THC. THC. Well, well even even uh, CBD. CBD. We're going to be offering like a, a flower sample pack. Okay. So you can get just small amounts of each and try, try it one and give yourself ample time to feel the effects and for the effects to dissipate before you try something else. Don't just try one strain, try another strain, try another strain, because then it, it kind of jumbles all together and you won't get an accurate representation of how that strain is helping you or if it's not, but start with a small amount. And then when you find something that works, use it and don't, don't chase a cannabinoid. Don't try and say, I just need the highest THC. I need the highest CBD. I need the highest of this one terpene, you know, because you don't know what strain is going to work and what strain isn't until you try it. Exactly. Exactly. This is a good advice. Like for people who don't want to, who don't want to get high, but they want to feel what cannabis feels like Mm -hmm. and they want to use it as medicine. Potentially hemp flower is a good place to start. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. the, Get into the experience, get a little drier vaporizer, grind some up, vaporize mm-hmm. some hemp flour, see what it feels like. It's, it's legal, completely legal. You don't have to have a medical card for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is a safe product to try. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the standards that we go by, I mean, legally what's required is for us to verify some kind of state compliance. And that's it. And we don't even have to post it. 
So we take it upon ourselves to post all of our state compliance tests from all the farms that we work with and then post all of the full panel tests that we get so that a customer can see exactly where it was grown, what's in it, whether it's terpenes, a cannabinoid profile, uh, the heavy metals, the pesticides, the insecticides, the moisture content, everything. They can see everything and they know exactly where it's sourced. So we're, we're trying to provide a consistent, reliable marketplace for customers to buy from. That's more than you can say about all the vegetables that we buy. <laughs> What's the, right. give the web addresses and how people can connect with the both of you or, or, oh. or what, what not. Yeah, I guess. we're on, uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, our IG is, uh, both Uinta without the H, Uinta Cannabis. Uh, and our other site is Utah Hemp Growers, all one word. And that's on Instagram too. I that's think. on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Both of those are Instagram. And then we have a, uh, Utah Hemp Growers on Facebook. Very cool. Cool. Very cool. So people, you know, go connect, take advantage of that coupon that's in Salt Lake City. Try some try some of the hemp from your website. Yeah. And uh, say, hey, you know what? I heard you on Utah in the Weeds, right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. That's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, cool. It's uh, really nice to meet you guys. Yeah, Thank really you. great. Uh, any, anything more down. you want to add? Anything more you want to talk about before we wrap this episode up? Um. Why, why the mics are still on? I mean, on? we got, we got for, for you went to cannabis, we have some some new strains in the works. And we just brought on our sixth farm um, that we're working with. Uh, so now we have, let me just name off the farms here. We have our farm, you went to cannabis. We have Carter Kids Construction, uh, Hemp Ventures, Utah, Honeycomb Hemp, Puff Hemp. And I'm missing one. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if right. you guys remember we'll it, it, email us. We'll put it in the intro to the episode. <laughs> so they'll be beautiful. the first mention. <laughs> so when they get to the end, they'll be like, oh, you didn't forget us. Yeah. yeah. And then um, we're, we're talking with other farms. And I mean, if they're growing good enough strains and it makes it through our, our standards, then we'll, we'll list it. So we're growing. Very cool. Cool. All right, Congratulations, guys. guys. Looking forward to seeing you grow. Lazy Roots. That's the Lazy Roots. Yes. Lazy Roots with their pre-rolls. Uh, they're, yes. they're great. They're uh, very cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, very cool. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure to uh, subscribe in whatever podcast app you're listening to this in. Connect with uh, Uinta Cannabis, Utah Hemp Growers. Uh, UtahMarijuana.org slash podcast is where people can listen to the podcast. UtahMarijuana.org is where they can connect with uh, everything yeah, else. they can right, connect Tim? with everything else we have. And uh, all right, everybody. Stay safe out there.